Hey, Clutterbugs, welcome back to the Clutterbug podcast. Today is going to be a good one because we are interviewing Robin Buchanan from Minimalist Home. I'm extra excited because Robin also has ADHD. Not only that, but she, like me, really struggled with clutter overcame it. And I always like to learn from people where it doesn't come naturally to them. So welcome, Robin. Hi. Hello. And thank you so much for having me here, Cass. I'm very excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Okay. So I, I've watched your videos. You're adorable. You're funny, which I like mm -hmm. and I love. Um, so good. But how did you get into this? Because I know you used to be a nurse. Are you still a nurse? Please tell us how you started this journey of like content creator and minimalist. Yes, I am still a nurse. And I came to minimalism and decluttering basically because I was just struggling in life. And I remember even back to being a kid, just having like a really messy room. And my mom sometimes would come in and overhaul it. And it just was so nice to have suddenly like a nice tidy room. And I really felt like I could think and, you know, thrived. But fast forward, I had little kids. I actually didn't start nursing school until I had a five-year-old, three-year-old and one-year-old. So it was crazy and chaotic. And I just kept thinking we need to get rid of the toys. We need more bins. We need more organization. And I would, I started, you know, after I went to nursing school, I worked in the emergency department and that's a really chaotic, stressful, heart-wrenching environment. And when you come home, you actually really need to be supported by your environment and not stressed out by it. But it was the opposite. I would come home and I would be completely overwhelmed by the clutter and there would be arguments between my husband and me and with the kids. And I just kept like dealing with piles. And finally it just occurred to me, I, I saw an article and it said clutter affects women differently and something just like clicked in my head. And I thought, I think the volume is the problem. So we went to what I call kind of like like I call it reasonable minimalism. Like I'm not super extreme, like, you know, um, Joshua Fields Milburn, you know, but at the same time, we only keep what we need. Well, I only keep what I need. The kids there, it's up to them what they do, but life has been amazing since then. Mm. I, I still have too much. I know I do, but I no longer have paths and like everything fits and is, I don't have excess and it doesn't take long to clean up. And that in itself was really life-changing for me. Now I am really inspired. I talk to minimalists now like all day and I'm, I'm inspired to go further because if it feels this good to have this level, I assume it can only feel better to have even less, just less chaos, less to think about, less to clean, less to pick up. Is that way? Like how how much, I think I originally got rid of probably 75% of my stuff. I still have too much. Did you like, was it one day you were just like, here's a dumpster. Tell me, how's this journey and how much less do you have now than you did before? I would say we have about 75% less as well. And I personally still feel like we have too much, but I have three teenage boys, um, 13, 15 and 18. And you know, they come with stuff and some of them are, um, 
you know, collectors of things. And for me, what I have found is it does make the house so much easier to clean. It makes it easier to put things away. And it also makes even like buying things easier because I will say, where am I going to put this? And do I really need this? I've gotten really into canning in the last year, which does come with its own like level of things. And I live on the West coast of Canada where, you know, like earthquakes are, you know, a possibility. There's always like forest fires and I'm like, well, if we need to leave, we should be prepared. So I finally am prepared. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to have like the stuff that comes with it. So it's always about that balance. But overall, it has really, really just made me feel so much happier. Like before I felt like I just could not relax. And if I was like, take, I was tired and just sort of like wanting a down day, I just felt guilty the whole day. And now I'm like, no, I can sit and relax and if, if the house isn't tidy, which it often isn't like often our house is not super tidy because like there's five people living here and people leave their stuff laying around, but it takes like five minutes for us to clean the house, which is so nice. It is nice. Yeah. That's what I noticed too, is the time saving on how fast things pick up. And I think there's a lot of I, I mean, I say this so many times, so for those of you listening, listen, I'm just going to say it again. There's a lot of misconception when it comes to decluttering that it has to be a big production and you have to book a weekend off and you have to get all these supplies. I just took 15 trash bags out of my daughter's bedroom, not all trash, a lot of donations and there was, but 15 bags left her room and we did it together. And 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 she doesn't miss any of it. And every time I say this to someone, they say, oh my gosh, does she even have anything less? That must have took all day. Oh my, that's so dramatic amount. And I'm like, listen, it was like two hours of our day and it didn't even make that big of a difference. It's shocking how much you can let go of super quickly and it doesn't feel empty. Do you find this or is this just me? Maybe I have a shopping problem. No, I, I am amazed by that as well. And, you know, like, you know, I talked to Dawn, the minimal mom, and, and, you know, she said like there's five of or six of them living there and there's just always stuff coming in. People buy things, we buy things, um, you know, boxes come, things come, we make mistakes. Oops, I shouldn't have bought that. A lot of people, they struggle to let things go. They have like stories they tell themselves about it, you know, invested money and all of these things. But for me, I'm like, nope, it, when I declutter, I'm still amazed. I'm amazed at the results because sometimes it's like, oh gosh, like that is so fresh. And then sometimes I'm like, kind of not amazed at the results, but yeah, amazed at the volume, like you say. And I, I declutter all often, all the time. And do you find that too? Like this is just part of my routine now. So I clean the house, I vacuum, I clean bathrooms, whatever. Decluttering kind of slid in to there as just like part of a regular thing I do on a regular basis, which is something I noticed that isn't normal for a lot of people. Is it like a regular thing you do as well? Yeah, I think... For me, when I was going through the initial decluttering process, 
Um, I really was like every day I'm going to spend a little bit of time decluttering. And now more so it's like, I don't know why my children can't keep like the Tupperware drawer clean, but they can't. And so it's always like organizing that. Like I've got like sort of the round section and the square section. And sometimes I'm like, where is the lid for this? And then I will declutter it. So I'm a little less intentional at this point, just because the volume isn't quite there, but every now and then, you know, like there's a, a thing in our brains where we will get used to something being somewhere and we'll walk by it. Like if it's just like a, a piece of paper, like sitting on the table. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, wait a minute, why is that there? Or I'll be like, why, why do I still have this? Like we need to declutter this. Yeah. It's invisible clutter. That's what I call it. You see something long enough, you no longer see it. It just becomes part. And that definitely like I just find when I start to feel really overwhelmed and I'm like, the house is feeling gross. If I grab a trash bag, I open up my drawers. I'm like, look at all these receipts I shoved in there or little things. So now it's just, I know when I kind of start to feel over my clutter threshold and it isn't like I'm getting rid of clothing or, or mugs or kitchen gadgets. It's the little things that kind of creep in that do make a big difference. But like you said, you don't really see. You don't see the things that you've shoved and stashed and and all those little extras add up, but it makes a huge difference when you're intentionally making time to find those things and get them out. You're like, oh, why do I feel better? Oh, I feel like, oh, I call it trash bag therapy because it's therapeutic. Like I honestly feel like oh, I've got things off my chest when I get things out of my house. Yeah. And that's the thing that I really try to stress to people is the level of relief I now feel in just internally in my body versus the stress I felt before and not even recognizing just how my environment was impacting me because our environment is so important to our happiness and our health. And if we're not taking active care of that. Like we should be trying to eat well and drink enough water and get enough sleep and all of these things. And if we're not like prioritizing our environment on top of those things, and yeah, it may seem like a burden to some people, but this is your only life. Like, don't you want to feel better? Like you say, it's like, ah, and it's exactly, that's just it. So I'm always trying to stress that to people. Like this is worth your time and your energy. And it doesn't have to be a production. It can literally be like you just grab a box and find like four things or grab yeah. a trash bag and just look for garbage. And we say these things, but I think the lie people are telling themselves is that won't make a difference. My house is so out of control. We have this all or nothing mentality. We're either going to tackle everything or, you know, nothing because the little things aren't going to make a difference anyways. But I've found not only for myself, but everybody I work with, it's those little steps in the right direction. That's long lasting change. You can come in and rent a dumpster and blah, but that the long last, the life transformation comes in these little baby steps over time. And we make mistakes. I make mistakes. I buy too many throw pillows and candles, but I'm still like making more right decisions than wrong if that makes sense, which over time has added up to like, just a better life, just a better life. 
I have to take a second to thank Earth Breeze for sponsoring today's podcast. A few years ago, I switched from using a, a regular laundry detergent to Earth Breeze sheets. They're like dryer sheets, only made for the wash. They dissolve in either hot or cold water. You get a really good clean. I love the smell, but I don't have the waste that comes with the big jugs you have to throw out or all just the water. It takes up so much space. Earth Breeze comes in a recyclable envelope and it really is such a convenient way to do my laundry. If you're still not convinced, EarthBreeze offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like it, just return it for a full refund, no questions asked. Right now, there's no reason not to switch. You're going to save 40% off. Go to earthbreeze.com slash clutterbug to get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash clutterbug for 40% off. Can we talk about something that I don't get to talk about with a lot of people? Um, ADHD. Oh, yes. Have, yeah. Okay. I was diagnosed at 40, so four years ago with ADHD. And man, it felt so good to get the diagnosis because I always just assumed I was um, stupid and forgetful and I had no discipline and I was impulsive and I was just a lot of negative things because I had trouble focusing and remembering and having any type of executive function, getting anything really done. What's your experience with ADHD? Mine is kind of funny because, you know, I'll, I'll fast forward a bit in my life. Like I was just diagnosed a year ago, but my husband has ADHD and two of my three kids have ADHD and their ADHD far overshadowed mine <laughs> because, you know, my husband, I, I always joke, like I have spent probably like five years of my life looking for his things. And mm -hmm. for me, it's, it's a little different. It's more like that atten attention. Um, and there are definitely executive function things there. And I did not even think about getting diagnosed until I started doing a bit more research on it for the kids' sake and thought, oh my gosh, this is me, which is a really common story. But if I look back at myself as a kid, I felt like a bad kid and um, you know, like teachers were always like, stop talking. And I had so much trouble focusing on the lesson. And I had a teacher scream at me, if you don't stop talking, I'll rip your face off. And I thought, oh, that's, that's a me problem. Like I'm, I'm a bad kid. Right. Yeah. I spent the entire grade six year, Mr. Allison moved my desk on day three or four into the hallway. And it stayed there till the end, like, because I would not stop talking, singing, humming, tapping, jiggling. Um, and that, I mean, if you, I was, I remember looking through my report cards, my mom didn't save a lot, but she, and everything was like, talks too much, talk, disrupts the class, won't yeah. stop talking, well, disrupts the class. Hilarious that back then it was, um, it was a lack of discipline, right? That's what, you know, yeah. my parents were basically told and I was told I didn't have enough self-discipline to stop being so annoying and obnoxious and hyper all the time. And I love talking to other adults now who kind of grew, we're, I don't know, I'm old, I'm older than you, but we did grow up with this not being something that was well known or well, or, or really talked about. So I'm excited now. I've met a ton of people who were diagnosed as adults 
And it does make you feel so, such relief. Yeah. Such relief. So I'm glad you're not a loser of things. I <laughs> never know where my phone is, ever. And my house is very tidy. But I I forget. I, I have to have multiple reminders constantly, alarms reminding me to do basic things. Um, how, what do you find is like, how are you managing your ADHD and your family's ADHD? What are some things that you notice are very helpful that maybe people listening who have it or maybe even undiagnosed ADHD, something that might be helpful for them? Well, one of the things to consider is um, I, I do lose things, but not at the same volume my husband is. And and he is addicted to chocolate. <laughs> and so I have to same. hide things from him. And I always am like, where did I hide that thing? Like once I actually hid yeah. chocolate in a bag and buried it in the flower. And uh, yeah. Why, and why do you think that it, I'm also like addicted to sugar candy? I guess it's that hit, right? We, we're looking yes. for dopamine because we don't yes. have it. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is. And so some of us, we look like we have it more together. And that's why when I first brought it up to my doctor, she said, oh, well, why do you think you have that? Because it's like so trendy right now. I'm like, well, my mom has it and two of my kids have it, you know, plus my husband. But I was like, she's like, well, how did, like, how do you work with this and this and this? And, and the thing is like, sometimes like we're kind of okay at managing things, but it's the amount of energy it takes for us to do it. And mm -hmm. for me, I have figured out strategies, but it took me like, I'm 43 now. And it took me about, I feel like four decades, four decades to start liking my curly hair and four decades to figure out how to actually like manage my life. So I live by my planner, which is hilarious because every time I do something live, I never have it with me, but I live by my planner and, uh, and alarms on my phone, like you said. And I do sometimes have to, I actually like at Christmas time, I have like this planner that I use to organize everything. And I actually have a section where I write down where I hid things because I do have to hide. Well, at this point, I think my kids aren't too bad, but I used to write where I hide things because Christmas would happen and I'd be finding presents for like weeks afterwards. So for me, I, re and, and another thing I do is I try to be very intentional about having what I call thinking time because I can't mm -hmm. sleep a lot of the time. And that's because my mind is racing when I go to bed. And yeah. I will go and lie down if I can at some point in the afternoon or in the evening and just like let my mind race for like 20 minutes. Then I can fall asleep like that when it's time to go to bed because I've gotten that thinking out of the way. Yeah. Oh my God. I love these. Like you've just said so many things there that I appreciate because I did see a psychiatrist about my ADHD and he was kind of like, well, you're successful and you're are you sure you have it? And, and I'm thinking, yeah, bro, but listen, like I have every trick in the book and hacks. I have to work so hard just to get basic things done, like remembering this podcast. This I can't just put it on a calendar. I have to have five reminders in five different ways or I will not remember. And so that seems like, yes, it's going okay, but there's a lot of mental and physical energy being exerted that I feel like isn't normal amounts. 
And it's better with medication, but it doesn't just solve the problem. We need all the hacks. We need, and I think everybody's ADHD is different. So I love that you said that because, yeah, it just, you can't be like, well, I'm a hot mess. I probably have ADHD. Or if you have your life together, so you don't have ADHD. It's so much, it's so much more than that. It's, it's so much more than that. It is. And there's so much judgment. And I made a video. Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't always do videos about ADHD, but I often try to bring it in and mention it. But oh, gosh, I think it was about a year ago or just over a year ago. And I was like, is it just an excuse? And and the amount of people who are like, yeah, it is. Or this is like a big pharma thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like you have no idea. And And no even idea. like one of my kids it's so funny. Like when they haven't taken their meds, oh my gosh, is it ever evident? And one of them, like he actually just managed to graduate with like straight A's. He's got a math disability and he just has managed like something clicked and he figured out how to make things work. And yes, it, medication is a part of it, but that's, there's a way of describing it. Um, ADHD. And at first I was very hesitant with one of my kids, the first one to be diagnosed because it was the school that was like, oh, just get him medication. She was like, just get him coffee. And I'm like, what? He's seven. Like, what are you talking about? And then as a nurse, like I was taking this course and they were talking about um, medication for ADHD. And they said, like, your frontal lobe is supposed to work at a certain level. But a person with ADHD, their frontal lobe is working below that level. The stimulant medication, it brings that level up. It stimulates it up so that it's working around the level of a neurotypical person. And I was like, oh, like that makes so much more sense. And once we did that, understood that, embraced it, and just understood like it's it's not a fix, like ADHD, medication doesn't fix everything, but it's something that sort of like slightly levels the playing field. So you can sort of just like catch your breath as you're like drowning mm -hmm. in the water um, to sort of develop some strategies. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. For the first 40 years of my life, I thought that ADHD was kind of a lie. I did. To hear people, I mean, I remember watching that South Park episode, right? It's like they smack the kid. And they're like, sit down and be quiet. And then the kid sits down and be, and it's a meme now. And and that's kind of what I fell into too. Like they're over medicating. They're trying to make their kids zombies because they don't want a parent and because the kids don't have enough discipline. Wow, was I wrong? I was uneducated. I had no idea what I was talking about. And now that I've learned, I mean, we've I've seen brain scans over and over again that show, right? It it really is a prefrontal cortex. It's chronically low dopamine. And the really amazing thing for me is taking a stimulant every day calms me down, Yeah, which I cannot explain to a neurotypical person. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. Even drinking coffee, I could drink a coffee before bed and still be able to sleep because stimulants are work different in my brain. And that's so fascinating to me. And like you said, with the brain dumping, I have a very hard time going to sleep at night if I don't have my notepad beside me and I, I just brain dump, I write all the thoughts down on a piece of paper and that does something to me. It gets it out and I can fall asleep at night. And it's, it's, um, it's just another one of those hacks. The other thing I wanted to mention is what I recently realized with my daughter who Izzy, she's almost 17. She isn't hyperactive. 
She doesn't talk a lot. She doesn't fidget. She doesn't do all of these things. But I was recently speaking with numerous um, specialists. She's been diagnosed with OCD. She has a lot of anxiety. And what I'm hearing now time and time again is a lot of people internalize the hyperactivity component of ADHD and it presents as anxiety. And so even though they're not fidgeting or talking a lot or bouncing off the walls, that also doesn't mean that you don't have ADHD It just means the hyperactivity component can be manifesting internally as anxiety. Have you heard this as well? Yes, I have actually. And I did do some training on ADHD as well, um, sort of like part of a coaching program. And that was one of the things that they discussed was that a lot of people, women in particular, girls and women and some men, but usually it is women who internalize the, the hyperactivity and the ADHD. Like I had some hyperactivity as a kid for sure, but that isn't as prevalent as an adult. And, and that is normal for that to subside a bit, but yes. And OCD is also something that comes often hand in hand with ADHD. And it can be just as like devastating because our internal hyperactivity can just be thoughts. Like it can just be absolute, just focusing on everything all of the time. And yes, it can manifest as OCD, which would be just so absolutely challenging to deal with for sure. It is challenging, but I've also noticed, so we just cleared 15 trash bags out of her bedroom because she was saying things like, I'm a maximalist, mom. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to. I love my stuff. I love seeing all my things. So she's still, her room is very visual and you could see a ton of things. It has abundance, but it also has a manageable amount of stuff now. And I've seen a drastic improvement in her anxiety. And that got me thinking back to my own, like dealing with clutter and my own journey of decluttering And I wonder now if this was like almost like a subconscious treatment for the ADHD, right? Like Mm. I started, I realized chaos was everywhere. And to combat that, I was like, I can't fix up here, but I can fix here all the environmental things. And when I started removing things from my home, my brain felt calmer and I've seen the correlation and I've talk to other people who have ADHD as well, and including yourself, when we didn't know that's what what it was and how to treat it medically, oftentimes we just knew innately, I think I have to have less stuff. I think I have to get organized. I think I need control of my environment. And I find that really fascinating too. So I know a lot of my listeners and people who are on, who are watching on YouTube I'll see in the comments, I also have ADHD and they struggle with clutter. This goes hand in hand. We cannot deny it. And getting a handle on our home helps. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing about ADHD is there's so many great things that come with it. And once you actually quiet your environment, then you can kind Mm -hmm. of like focus and let those great things thrive. 
And with ADHD often comes a lot of shame. So one of my kids has a very messy room, but he's so creative. And he was actually the first to be diagnosed. And once we got him medicated and, and like the proper dose, because it took about a month to get the right dose, all of a sudden it was like, I got to know this kid who I never could get to know because he was just so emotional all the time. I mean, he was only seven. But once we um, got that uh, medication working, he was able to spend the time being creative. But when he lets his room get out of control, and he says, oh, it's fine. I thrive really well in here. And I'm like, I don't know about that because it causes distraction and disorganization. And then there's a lot of shame with that, whether or not they identify it. And a lot of clutter that people don't recognize is we have a lot of generational stuff that comes. There are a lot of beliefs, like I am the keeper of things, my dad said. I, the things come to me and I'm the one that keeps them. And habits, like hoarding and all of these things. So people with ADHD, they often are just like, no, I really thrive well in a messy environment. They're just not recognizing it. So then they can't allow that creativity or whatever their gifts are to sort of like thrive and flourish. Yeah, that was totally me. I used to, I used to like impress. I'm just a messy, chaotic person. I'm creative. I'm supposed to have a messy house. I'm supposed to be a hot mess. Like this is part of innately my personality is like a disaster. And this is how I do best. I used to say I do best when I procrastinate. When I wait till the last minute, that's when I really thrive and that's when I get the most done. And the truth is all of these were kind of lies I was telling myself because when I finally removed all the noise from my home and I kind of got my house feeling less, I wasn't as distracted by everything I see, every area of my life improved. My finances, my relationships, my self-confidence, definitely my productivity shot through the roof. And so I think I was kind of telling myself lies. And I think my daughter may have been telling herself lies as well, because now that her room is streamlined, she still has bookshelves filled with all her favorite things, but she doesn't have the excess things she's not using. I've noticed a dramatic difference in her self-confidence, in her grades. Like she's now like doing better. It's uncanny. Yeah. It is. But how do my listeners, where do we start? That's, this is what everybody always wants to know. Or if you've already started, how do you go a little bit further? You are definitely like an expert. Um, I love watching your channel and, and, and watching your advice. So the people listening or watching this, what's something they could do immediately following this, this podcast that can help them quiet their environment? One of the things I think that is really overlooked is I would love for people to sit before they even do anything, because I think this is just so missed is, and think, why do I have this clutter in the first place? And mm -hmm. there might be more than one reason, but why is it that I'm keeping it? Why is it that I am struggling to let it go? what is stopping me? Because so often, like I said, there can be so many things like, you know, my grandparents grew up in the, well, they were born in like the thirties and forties, I think, and, and went through an era of being very, very poor in the prairies of Canada. And, but then, you know, the eighties came along the eighties and the nineties. And that's when people did a lot of shopping. 
And it was all about collecting things. So that combined with the, the sort of like, don't ever declutter anything mentality that people had just meant there was a massive volume of things. And then people, you and I, in our generation, we're sort of like, okay, like we're the, the product of that. We, we were, you know, from the, the mall kind of shopping era of it's fun to go to the mall. I remember like anytime we would go and visit my grandparents in Calgary, Alberta, like we'd go to the mall because there were so many great malls there. And it was like shopping was like a thing to do for fun. And so I really want, would love for people to sit and think, why do I have this stuff and what is stopping me from letting go? Yeah. Did your parents, I, I have no memories of my parents ever actively decluttering. Nope. Nope. Never. That was not even a thing that people did. Yeah. My parents, they had two or three big garbage bags full of like stuffed animals of ours. And my mom also, she had this thing. She, it was a bean pot, she called it. And it was like this pot, like, um, and they, everything would kind of go in it. It was sort of like the junk drawer, but it was this pot. And my mom, every year, she just told me this like a few months ago, she would take it, dump it into an ice cream bucket and start a new one. So she had all of these ice cream buckets of basically junk drawer stuff, like like those things we were talking about, like that you declutter, like the invisible clutter. And no, they didn't declutter anything. Yeah. My parents didn't either. They would pack up things to make space, like, and put it in the attic or the back garage or the shed. And maybe if it got moldy and nasty, then they'd throw it out. But it wasn't like, let's donate this to charity because we're not, like that wasn't not a thing. And then, so my generation, we're buying even more right? Things are cheaper. Things are easier to accumulate. And we didn't realize that decluttering and letting go was part of normal life. So it's hectic. It's chaotic. It's crazy. And then add on that social media and the pressures, this gadget, this new thing, buy these spanks. Look at these pants. They make your butt look fab. This blow dryer is going to make your hair look amazing. This cream is going to make... And so like it's magnified and amplified the purchasing and the things coming into home. And now we have an epidemic, don't we? We have homes that are bursting and everyone says, I just need to get organized. Yeah, that's right. And you can't organize clutter. <laughs> All, or I just need a bigger house or I just need more storage. Yes. I just need more closets because we have not been taught that we're supposed to, first of all, not buy as much as we do. But second of all, every time we have something come in, something has to go. We mm -hmm. have to like, and not every time, but that means we have to declutter on a regular basis because we're bringing things in on a regular basis. And that's very hard for some people. Yeah, yeah it's so funny I because, love you. yeah, I, I just was like, I made a purchase from Amazon and they're called Super Cubes and they're for storing like, basically freezing things in certain volumes, right? Like two cup volume, one cup, half cup, and two tablespoon. And I was like, oh gosh, like the amount of time I put into deciding if I wanted it, where I would put it. And I can just picture myself declaring it, but I'm like, will you, and what would you preserve? Like, how will you use this? Because I thought, no, like I am, anytime I purchase anything that those are the things I try to go through. I mean, I do slip up here and there, but it, it is, you're right. And, and, you know, you search one thing and all of a sudden you're getting all of these ads for it. Like there, it's a really just, there's an assault on there's our an assault. minds to be buying things. And 
as someone who has ADHD, I'm very impulsive. So I, like the other day, I was like, what is this Timu everybody's talking about? And I opened up, I downloaded the app and then it was like, spin the wheel. And it's like, you won $200. I'm like, $200. And I'm adding all this stuff to the cart. And I'm like, oh, I got this coupon. Look at this stupid little chair that holds my cell phone on my desk for some reason that I'll never need. And look at this gadget and all these, oh, I need silicone toilet brushes because I heard this was like a thing. And I was like, oh, a garbage can that opens up where you just wave your hand. It was like three dollars and I bought it and it's being shipped to me. And I'm like, what was I thinking? And this is very common and it's very mm-hmm. normal. And yes, we need to stop this, mm-hmm. but we also on the other end need to be comfortable enough to say mistakes happen. We're going to mm-hmm. buy some, u- that stupid chair is going to have to go be decluttered or returned. And this is, I think the new norm for us now. let because it is going to, we're never going to be able to say no to all these things. We're bombarded. We, we're just human. So we have to make decluttering also a natural thing that we just embrace, right? Like it's part of life. It's something we have to do. So we're not drowning and suffocating and it isn't hurting us, not just our bank account, because we shouldn't have bought it in the first place, but now hurting us every single day by, you know, making life harder. That's, that's what it really comes down to, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And recognizing, and, and like we sort of touched on earlier, a lot of people are like, well, I bought this and I don't use it or I don't wear it, but I don't want to declutter it because I spent money on it. And I was just say like, don't let that money stop you from having the peace of a decluttered home. Like what would you pay somebody to come and declutter your home? Right. And some people there, they, for some reason wouldn't actually want to prioritize that, but just say, I made a mistake and let it go. Like sometimes things cost us money and it, it, it's worth it to just be like, yep, lesson learned, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. And there's a a perception like maybe if I keep it, then I won't impulsively. We're still going to impulsively buy, friends. Listen, Mm -hmm. let's get real here. I'm working on this. I'm I'm so much better because it hurts so bad to declutter that it stings so many times that I think twice, but then I mess up and I buy $300 worth of crap from Timu. Oops, my bad. Um, It happens. It's normal. We can get better in in that end, but keeping everything isn't going to stop that bad behavior. We're just now punishing ourselves on two fronts, aren't we? Yeah, it's tough. Okay. Uh, I, I think you're amazing. And I love that you're so knowledgeable. Those listening at home who are like, why do I have this stuff? And, and that's such a good answer. What are some of the common reasons that you're hearing of why people have so much clutter? I know I hear a lot of the times I can't afford to replace things. So I'm holding on to things. That's one of the biggest reasons I hear. What are you hearing from your following and and from people you help? Yeah, it's funny. Somebody commented on one of my videos and said, oh, is decluttering just for rich people? And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not rich. And second of all, my plan is not to repurchase these things because they said, oh, if you just go out and rebuy it. And I said, I have... I just realized this week, one thing that I have repurchased of all the things I've ever decluttered last year, I decluttered some jars that I had bought because I was making kombucha 
And I was like, I'm over it. Like, do you ever get through that stage where you're like, yes, I'm done with this and I'll never do it again. Well, this year I decided I wanted to do it again. So I did end up repurchasing these jars. That was the one thing. So of all of the things I have decluttered, 75% of my home, if you think about the cost of all of that stuff, um, and I'm glad it's gone, that I didn't have to rebuy all of that. There's one thing I bought, I repurchased, it was $30. And even if I think about it, not having that stuff in my house for a year, was it worth it for $30? I mean, you could say yes, depending on who you are, right? I don't plan on, you know, doing that again in the future. I might say, okay, I might just like stick them in the back of the cupboard because quite often I say to people, give it a little bit of time. But one of the reasons I think people have clutter is they're not like going into that mental stuff I told you about. And I recently sort of developed these four creatures that I like to say kind of like impact why we have this clutter. And the one is the nostalgia nymph. And that is one, that is me. (laughs) You've given them names. I'm here for this. Go. I'm excited. Yeah. And, and it, and the nostalgia nymph loves the allure of sentimental treasures and cherishes the memories they hold. And that was me. Like I'm a nostalgic person. Like every, every fall I'm like time to put on the cure. Right. And every spring it's like a certain kind of music. And and I'm very, very like that. Right. And, and there's, there's the momentum Medusa who really just sort of like makes it so you don't like, you know, you should declutter, but you really struggle to even just like get that momentum going or the procrastination pixie who just sort of makes you feel overwhelmed and you just procrastinate. And last is the indecision imp who is making it so it is just impossible to make a decision. Like so many people, you know, are just like, oh, I just can't decide. What if I make a mistake? Mm, that perfectionism I, overthinking. Yes. And so I think that a lot of these are these little creatures who are, you know, your own personal little monster that sort of sits on your shoulder and casts doubt or slows you down is one of the reasons why we have clutter. I love that. Yeah. I'm a procrastination pixie. Is that what you said? I'm always like, I work best under pressure or I'll wait, I'll do it. I'll do it all tomorrow. I'll work harder when there's like a deadline, you know? Um, but the truth is that's just lies that I'm telling myself to get out of work r- right now. Um, I love that. That's so good. Okay. Tell, tell my listeners how they can follow you, how they can learn more from you and, and, and where they can get all of this information. So I am primarily on YouTube at Minimalist Home. And if you want to take the quiz to learn exactly which one you have, or which of those little creatures you have, and how to combat it best, you can go to minimalisthome.ca slash quiz. I am also on Instagram, but I really struggle to sort of like keep keep it up. So same, there. Same. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm there, but I'm not... This is yeah. so good. Okay. I love it. It's like, cl- what clutter creature are you? I'm here for it, man. I'm going to go take the quiz, minimalisthome.ca forward slash quiz. So exciting. And how often are you uploading videos to YouTube? I upload videos once or twice a week. Oh, good. Yeah. So people can follow you and just constantly. That's the thing. I think when we want to make a change in our life, when we want to 
kind of level up, as I say, it's great to hear different messages from different people, the same message, I guess, from different people just said different ways, because it really does help change your mindset. Even if today, while listening to this, you're not decluttering, you're not making a difference in your home, your mind has shifted a little bit in that direction. And if we do that every day, we keep these subtle shifts. When we do get that motivation, when we make that motivation, we're going to have so much more success. It's going to be so much easier because we've changed the most important thing, which is how we're thinking about our home, our clutter, and ourselves, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I love chatting with you. I, I appreciate it so much. And I hope everyone listening heads over, subscribes, and definitely takes your quiz. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.